This is episode 30 of the Kindred Mom podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Happy New Year! Thanks so much for joining us today for an episode featuring the Kindred Mom topic of the month, Self-Care for Moms. Preparing for this series has been eye-opening for me, and on this episode, there are two separate but related conversations on the topic of self-care. The first is a team segment where we talk about self-care in our own lives, and the second segment features a special guest, Carissa Pomrain, a self-care coach for moms. I love Carissa's passion and insight, and I hope you enjoy listening to our conversations. Before we get into this episode, I want to share a resource that was created by my sweet friend, Darina Lazo-Gilmore. Darina has appeared on the podcast twice now and has contributed multiple essays to our blog, so it only seems fitting to me to mention her newest book release, a six-week Bible study called Flourishing Together, Cultivating a Fruitful Life in Christ. In this study, Darina articulates how God helped her move forward in a new marriage and career following her first husband's death, and her words help those who feel disconnected from God to root themselves in biblical truth and find rest. I hope you'll check it out. So we're starting off the year with, I think, a really important topic that may or may not be what everyone is thinking about in January, but Kinder Mom is going to be talking about self-care and from a a number of different angles, just talking about what self-care is and not only self-care, but soul care as well and kind of teasing out the differences of what those are. And so today I have uh, two members of the Kindred Mom team on with me, Lynn and Jenny. Hello. Hi there. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm really glad that we're opening up this conversation because I think it's an important one. I know it is for me and just even in the time that we've been planning on this series, I've done a lot of deep soul searching around this topic. And Mm -hmm. I think that it is uh, really such an important thing for us to talk about because self-care is one of those things that I think people have all different ideas about what it is. And so I would love to begin by just talking about what it is kind of in our own understanding and definition. So Jenny, I would love to hear from you about your thoughts on what self-care is and means to you? Well, for me, I, I kind of agree with you. And it seems to be kind of an elusive concept to me. Like what okay. is self-care? It's very, it's very elusive as far as like, how is that defined? Because it is defined so differently by many people. And for me, I guess I think of it as, as something like on a few different levels, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's like a basic level for me, which is like, basic hygiene, which being a mom is like, it's, it's sometimes it's just like, yeah, I got a shower today. I'm feeling so good. And, (laughs) but for me, it's like, yeah, that basic level of, of yes, having a shower, brushing my teeth, getting dressed, 
clipping my toenails. I really love clipping my toenails because mm-hmm. it's sort of funny, but it's just like, I, don't, I guess I just don't realize the, like the low level of discomfort that I am like enduring mm-hmm. until I clip my toenails and I'm like, gosh, my feet feel great. My body feels <laughs> great. You know, like this is wonderful. I should clip my toenails more often, I guess. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just like caring for my physical body mm-hmm. on the, a basic level for me is self-care, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like a lot of women are just like, I don't want like my shower to be like the thing that I do during, you know, my time for myself that's supposed to be like life giving to me. Right. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's like, you can care, like there's a secondary level of like caring for your emotional and your mental state. And that for me is like finding peace, like carving out some time to just be by myself and mm-hmm. having that solitude time and more than just having the time, but having an awareness that I'm like, I'm doing this for myself. Like this is for restoration mm-hmm. and the, the awareness mm-hmm. and, and like the intention of what I'm setting out to do oftentimes mm-hmm. makes whatever it is that I'm doing, however menial it is, it seems to be more restorative when I can put my, my brain in that place of yeah. this is good for me. Right. And then there's mm-hmm. like this, this tertiary level. That's like a pampering kind of level where it's all about, I mean, this is where people throw their money, right? There's like yeah. the spa, there's the facial, the massage, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's, there's, there's plenty of room for that kind of stuff too. But I just, I just think that self-care is not just about the pampering, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not about shelling out a bunch of money for a spa yeah. trip or whatever, you know, to refill your tank. For me, it's like, I have to put myself in that mental place to really, mm-hmm make it worthwhile, you know, because it doesn't matter how much money, how much cash you throw at something. It's not going to matter much if your brain's not going to receive it. So Lynn, what would you say? Yeah. I mean, this conversation just as a team, as we have um, prepared to come to this table and talk about this, it's really gotten me to think about this a lot. And one thing I I had seen trending a lot on the internet was this idea of mental space and Mm -hmm. um, really that women bear a lot of the mental burden of the household. Mm -hmm. And um, part of me inside me was really bucking against that. And I think I figured out why. And it is Mm -hmm. because of this idea of self-care that it goes beyond a pedicure. It goes beyond the spa time, like Jenny was saying. Mm -hmm. And it actually is my job to curate my brain space and to make sure that the space in my head is not overwhelmed constantly. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's going to be overwhelm, but that is my job. <laughs> I, just, I just love how you're like, obviously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's just real long life. Oh yeah. But, um, self-care is intentional for me and it is pressing into not just the needs of my physical body, but my mind and my soul. And you know, for me, it doesn't come naturally. It's not something that I was taught. And so, um, I feel like even though I've been a mother for 10 years, I maybe have only understood more deeply how this works, uh, for maybe just two or three years. And, um, and I'm still learning, but, um, I must make space for this. This is something that isn't, it's not just going to flow naturally. So, and obviously it looks different depending on different seasons of life. Like, did I just have a baby or am I pregnant or even, you know, the various interests or projects that I have going at any time. 
you know, mm-hmm. like that will shift and look, uh, make, make it look different. Yeah. One thing I just have come around to is that self-care is not just a buzzword for me. In my thinking deeply about this, I've kind of teased out some things that really surprised me. And that is, I do think that self-care can be a really broad, all-encompassing term for a lot of ways we might care for ourselves from all the levels that you were talking about, Jenny, from the very basic stuff to stuff that feels more luxurious or kind of like a treat every so often. But I have been averse to the term self-care for a long time, and I didn't really know why for a bit, but two things have come up in my thinking about this. One of them is I'm not good at self-care, so that's why I don't like the term. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. let's not talk about honest. this because I'm terrible <laughs> at it and I don't really want to feel the shame of, wow, I can't even take care of myself well. <laughs> I can take care of six kids, but I can't necessarily take care of myself in a way that really genuinely honors my body and who I am. But mm. secondly, I think that self-care is one of those terms that it is meant to encompass the whole person and the whole person's wellness. Mm. But so many people talk about it with, it's kind of like there's the surface veneer of something and the inside of it has been gutted of all of the substance of caring for your whole being. And what that has led me to as well, if self-care as a kind of hollowed out term is not sufficient, then what what's the term that I need to cling on to to mm-hmm. understand this a little bit better? Mm-hmm. And this landed me thinking about stewardship, which is a long mm-hmm. word that can feel a little bit overwhelming to consider, but um, it's kind of where I've been in my own life these last couple of weeks of just seeing how if I am stewarding well the resources of my own body, my own mind, my own well-being, my rest. I mean, all the basic stuff. And also like in the free minutes, the free time, the things that I do to be creative, the things that I do that are restorative and life-giving to me, that this is so much more than just trying to put a Band-Aid on something that is not working. I was reading an Mm -hmm. article recently that talked about how self-care is not trite things. The self-care is the process of creating the life that you don't want to escape from, that Mm -hmm. you would make intentional choices that are healthy for you, that make your life, I don't know, like pleasant to be in. And that was a really revolutionary thought for me because I have thought of self-care in a lot of different ways, thinking that, you know, if we're talking about grabbing a glass of wine or taking a bubble bath or some of these things that feel in my world feel very frivolous and not like stuff I have time for. All of a sudden, self-care makes a whole lot more sense when we're talking about are my finances in order? Is my home in an orderly space where I have peace? Do I have, I mean, if I'll be really honest, I have been to the dentist for the first time in several years, just taking care of my dental health, which for me is a huge step forward because I have a huge fear of the dentist and I've had a lot of other responsibilities in the last few years have just kept me away from prioritizing that, which I know. I'm learning a lot through this conversation. Hmm. I really love that that phrase of, you know, creating a place that you don't want to escape from because I feel like a lot of times for me even too that I treat the whole idea of self-care as an escape from the challenges of just 
mothering and Mm -hmm. it's just like, I need to leave this house. I need to, you know, and there, of course there's times for, you know, that that's appropriate. Right. Mm -hmm. But to the whole idea of creating something that you don't feel like you need to escape from because you, you know, you're just that well adjusted, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's well adjusted adjusted as much as just having tended the things that need to be tended. And for me, I mean, you ladies are personal friends that have been in my home and my house is cluttery. I have a lot of kids. We have a lot of stuff. It's just kind of, I I just am learning that for me, part of self-care for me is learning how to pare down so that the space that we live in is a peaceful place because mm-hmm. for a lot of years, it didn't bother me one bit. I had other things on my mind. I had little teeny babies, a bunch of them. <laughs> and now I have older kids who are a little bit more helpful and a little bit more able to be a part of the process of our home being an orderly, peaceful place and just mm-hmm. spending time at someone else's house that is beautifully designed and everything has a place and all those things has made made me realize that, you know, I am stressed when I get home. This is my life as it has been like, you know, I don't want to avoid coming to my house because I feel anxiety when I walk in the door. And it's not like, it's not crazy hoarder style or anything, but it's just, there are things that don't have a place that they're just piled on another thing. (laughs) And so for me, self-care going into this new year is going to be a lot about just really trying to get things in order so that Mm. we have a peaceful home. I think that there are so many challenges that we can um, place when we're talking about self-care. I remember a long time ago, Emily, actually, it was a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. Um, We were sitting in our, in my backyard in, at my patio table and I was probably crying Mm -hmm. and I was like, I just don't see how I can exercise. I don't see how I can, you know, do that and put that as a priority. And, you know, you just sat there and every um, excuse that I made or wall that I set up, you just said, nope, you can do that. Nope. That's not going to be as much of an issue as you think. Nope. Mm -hmm. This is not going to, let's talk about the challenges that we ourselves find when it comes to self-care and putting it as a priority. Yeah. Jenny, I would love to know what you think about that. Well, if I'm really honest, one of the things that I struggle with, with regard to self-care is that I feel like any time I spend on myself is time that I'm not spending taking care of my family and my other priorities, which is what I should be, right? Mm-hmm. Quote unquote, should be spending my time on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a really dysfunctional way for me to feel valuable because it's like a big cross for me, like a big cross to bear is like, I do all of this stuff, taking care of my family and I'm doing it selflessly. And it's a job that I'm honored to do. And that, so therefore that equates value to me. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that you are, you are somehow worth less if you aren't taking care mm-hmm. of the things that you need to be, you know, tended right. as a person when you are, when you are seeing after the needs of all these other basic needs that the people in your home need to be whole and that kind of thing. And it's like, you're me, me, I'm speaking, (laughs) speaking rhetorically, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, you know, I, I'm valuable enough to spend the time on and Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, and I, you know, so I just don't make time for myself and I, I know that I need to put myself on the calendar, but at the end of the day, if it's been a really hard day, the last thing that I want to do is anything other than just vegging out. Right. I just don't have any willpower left because I just feel like I've used it all up Mm -hmm. for, Mm -hmm. you know, taking care of my people. And so I, one of the things that I find very relaxing is a hot shower and, you know, my husband will say at the end of the day where it's like, I'm just like on, on edge and, (laughs) and it's been a hard day. Right. And he'll say, go hop in the shower. He knows it will relax me and he knows, but I just think I don't want to go get in the shower. I feel, you know, like this is like the cat in me that's just, Mm -hmm. you know, thinks of what an utter hassle getting wet is, you know, and it's just like, I have to like get wet and I have to like then dry off. And then it's just like, (laughs) I just want to flop into bed. But it's just like, I know that I need to just do the things that, that I find to be relaxing in those times and not to feel that it's at all a hassle for me to care for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my biggest challenges with respect to self-care have largely been my perspective about what self-care was. And also that I think mamas do this a lot where we think our children need us and that we have to be the whole solution, the only solution mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really beginning to see how a mama is a well and sometimes we are dry wells. If we're dry, we have nothing to give our children. And that's when we are less attentive. That's when we're, you know, escaping into social media land on our phones. That's when we're snapping Mm -hmm. or short tempered or we start to feel stressed out because there's just not a rest. I know for me, it's it's kind of been realizing that if I want to be gentle, if I want to be engaged with my kids, that I do have to have my well filled up, which can happen in a variety of ways. I think most often it's the creative time that I spend, whether it's writing or meeting a friend for coffee or working on our kindred mom plans and things like that. And I know that my husband has seen a change in me since we started kindred mom and the outpouring of my creative energy in a specific direction has been very life-giving to me in a way that I had previously not had the same kind of outlet. And so, you know, it's hard because there is the tension. Um, I think there are a lot of things that run through our minds is kind of accusations that you're not doing it well, you're not doing it right Uh enough. You're not as, as far as like being available for our kids. But I think that sometimes We've got to uh, look at self-care as something that we are proactively doing ahead of time so that we're ready mm-hmm. to meet our children's needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely have my challenges. My first one really is just recognizing uh, the need for the space to breathe or alone time, rest, whatever it is. Sometimes I just I don't even realize that I need it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's my first challenge. And I would say another challenge I have is this one's a little bit more nuanced, but separating the intentional pressing in. So like I'm intentionally taking self-care or taking care of myself right now, mm-hmm. separating that from just the casual wayward kind of staring at the phone, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I could, I could sit there and say, listen, I just need a minute guys. Yeah. Oh, you know, whatever. 
but that actually is not intentional. That is just a default setting. And I, I struggle with that. It's kind of like traveling in the ruts or making an intentional choice. Yeah. Totally. Oh, and then the scrolling for me, the scrolling for me can just end up making everything worse. You know, it's just like, and then I start having all of these thoughts of like, oh, well, they took a picture of their family. I should take more pictures of my family. And then it's like all this guilt for like not doing the things that other people are doing. So right. for me, it's just like, stop scrolling. You'll have a better day. So. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what we actually do, girls, because we are talking about self-care. So what do we do? I try to take a shower every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one, Jenny. That is so good. No, I mean, that's a serious one. You know, if we're right now, the mom who's nursing her two-week-old baby is sitting here listening to this. (laughs) It's okay. Go take a shower. You know, like, for real. How about you, Em? Um, Well, I think for me, I now that I see self-care differently and I'm just starting to understand it more in a in a holistic perspective of who I am and the day before me, I've been prioritizing breakfast and preparing something for myself for breakfast that I find is not a kid breakfast. It's something that I love. I, I sometimes buy a special kind of cheese that is only mine. I don't share it. I put it on my eggs and I love it. And it's just one of these things that sometimes Sometimes they will ask, can I have some of that? And I say, no, this is mama's breakfast. And then I serve them what is for them. And just having that delineation of this is a choice that I'm making for me. And it's, I don't think that it's selfish. I think if anything, it makes me realize I've never prioritized breakfast up until this year. Mm. Breakfast was a throwaway meal. I could just get by with waiting until an 11 o'clock lunch or something and not even, I mean, I might have a piece of toast or something really like just throw away, blow through (laughs) breakfast. Yeah, it's a throwaway thing. But now that I am energized that I have a good hearty breakfast, it's good for me that, and the reason I don't share with the kids is because if I share with one, then I have to share with six and then I'm no longer making a breakfast just for me. Right. Um, So that's one of my choices that I've made for myself. And the other thing that I do feel like is a self-care choice is that I do zero chores after my kids go to bed. Mm. Oh, that's nice. And that's time it is quiet in my house and I will write or do something creative or watch a show or go to bed early, whatever I want to do during that time. I feel like that's been very important and life-giving to me. I like that. No doing chores after the kids go to bed. That yes, nice. I am taking notes over here because that is, I mean, I honestly, the last few months I haven't done chores after they go to bed because I go to bed at the same time as they do. Yeah. <laughs> but well, if I could go back to, to, we were talking a little bit ago about stewardship. I have figured out that one of the things that I was doing is I was going through our homeschool day and we would get all of our homeschool work done. But of course, the dishes pile up and then I'm either doing dishes while I'm trying to make dinner Uh or I'm getting through dinner without having done all the dishes. So then they're super piled up when everybody goes to bed. But then I won't do any dishes (laughs) after bedtime. And then I wake up to dishes, which I actually don't mind that much because I would do them while I was making my special breakfast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it still was just, it's, it's kind of like a microcosm of a lot of other areas of my life mm-hmm. that things have just piled up in an area that I just felt overwhelmed. I didn't feel like I could tackle it or handle it or deal with it because the job was too big. And recently, as in the last two, three weeks, maybe, I've just been trying to do a little bit at every meal mm-hmm. so that 
There's no pile up of dishes by yeah. dinner time. And uh, Jenny, you said something to me in one of our personal conversations recently. I don't remember the context of what we were talking about, only that you had said, well, just because you can't handle the whole job doesn't mean you can't do anything to contribute mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And that's been ringing through my my mind as I tackle anything. Like, even if I can't finish the whole thing, doesn't mean that I'm wasting my time if I spend 10 minutes on it. And that's right. really helping me a lot with a lot of those areas that feel Mm. Yeah, I think that if we can just like the whole idea of just being incremental with things like you can even be incremental with your self-care. If you're if it's helpful to have a clean house and you need to be incremental about a little 10 minutes here, a little 10 minutes there, blah, blah, blah. But oftentimes for me, if I can if I can turn whatever it is that I feel like I need into some kind of game that my kids can get on board with, because like I don't have the luxury of being away from them as much as maybe I feel like I need sometimes for that solitude, Mm -hmm. because solitude is really helpful for me to just feel Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm my own person, right? Because I feel like what I'm trying to escape from with my kids is the challenges of, you know, discipline or whatever that, that is just hard and taxing through the day. And I feel like I need to escape that. My self-care in my brain is like, this is your escape. And if I can just think through in the midst of the chaos and in the midst of the craziness, what is it that I need? I need some solitude. I need some peace. And I can't Mm -hmm. just think about when I get to run away to go do that. I need Mm -hmm. that right now. How, how can I make that happen right now? Quiet time. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And, and and yes, that can, that can be totally the thing. But for me, it's just like, I need a clean house. So we're going to turn on this music and we're going to clean up together and it's going to be a game. And then we're going to just sit and read a story together. And it's this beautiful time for me of getting the peace that I need and sort of making that a priority, the peace sort of a requisite for the rest of my my family too, where it's just like, we are all going to have peace right now. And, and it's really helpful in going forward. So yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up this segment is that I had an epiphany about why it's important that we demonstrate self-care to our children that is healthy and Mm -hmm. a regular part of our lives. And so what I've been thinking about is if I do not model healthy self-care for my kids, where does that lead them? Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that if I am not modeling healthy self-care, then I am teaching my children that it will always be someone else's responsibility to make Mm -hmm. sure that they're doing fine instead of their own responsibility to care for themselves in a way that is healthy. And, um, you know, that, that dependence on others, whether it's their parents or the government or, you know, codependent relationships or substances, or like this has taken me down quite the rabbit trail of of thought to realize that modeling healthy self-care is not just a token thing that needs to be a part of my life. It is another thing to check off my list. I am now seeing it as a central part of what I need to be doing to show my kids that they can be confident in themselves, that they can choose um, things that are life-giving and healthy for them. And 
I don't know, I have a, a fire in me now to kind of figure out how to take these thoughts that I've had about this these last couple of weeks, because these are recent things for me. This is not like stuff that I've been chewing on for years. It's definitely a new found passion and desire to model this well for my kids so that they can have the empowerment to do this in their own lives as they grow. Yeah. I would love your thoughts about that. I think it's fantastic what you just said. I, you know, one of the things that, um, is that I wish all women knew about establishing a routine where you take care of yourself is that it's okay to let your kids stay with somebody else and it's okay mm-hmm. to let them cry at the window while they see you leaving and mm-hmm. obviously come back, you know, but, yeah. um, yeah. You know, if you have a care provider, husband, family, babysitter, whatever it is that you trust, let those kids see you go and do the things that mommy does mm-hmm. um, on her own. And it's OK. You know, some women would get up and work, go to work every day and they leave, leave their kids and, and the kids see that as mommy's working. But beside that, I just think that it's OK. I personally always would take my if I am nursing a baby, I take them with me when I go out um, to run errands by myself, quote unquote. Um, That's just easier for me. But other than that, the kids just, it's so good for them to Mm -hmm. see mommy prioritizing Mm -hmm. just what you're saying. And it's up to me. It really is up to me. No one else. I also think that, you know, to go along with how to, how to establish a good routine in your life. So having encouragement to that, you know, from someone other than you, is so huge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if someone else is saying and someone else is validating that, yes, it's important for you to take care of yourself, then I am much more likely to, to go ahead and do that because someone else is kind of given me permission. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you feel like you need permission to do, to do this, then know that you've got it. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got, it's, it's important. And so for me, I need a yes man to agree, to agree with me that, that taking care of myself is important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a yes man could be a friend, but for me, my, mo- the most influential yes man is my husband. And so if he can say, yes, go take, go take some time for me, it's just like, you see what I'm doing as valuable, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not frivolous and that kind of thing. And so I just, I just think that it's really important if you don't, have that in your life to know that somebody we are saying, (laughs) you know, we here on this podcast are saying it's good, you know, go take the time for yourself. So we give you permission. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you, ladies. I so value your thoughts and your insights on this topic. And I can't wait to see what kind of response we have from this series this month. Me too. It's been lots of fun. This is a really good topic. I'm really glad to be introducing today Carissa Pomeran, who is a self-care coach and has been a contributor to the Kindred Mom blog. And I also have on this episode, Sarah Allard. We're going to be talking about self-care today, and I just want to welcome you, Carissa. Thank you so much. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your family and also what Brave Self-Care is all about. Absolutely. Um, Well, I was born and raised in Seattle and mm-hmm. went to school in Los Angeles, met an Iowan from Iowa City. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we got married and started our family in Southern California and lived the first years of married life and parenting life in Pasadena. And then about, gosh, almost 
six years ago, moved for me back to Seattle. And we have two boys, Noah and Nico, who are nine and five. Awesome. Well, we're so glad to have you. And uh, I know that Sarah and I both follow you on social media. And so it's been fun to get to know you a little bit in that medium. And then to have this conversation is just really exciting. Yeah, I'm so happy that we could connect this way. And I realized I didn't really introduce Brave Self Care, but it is um, my coaching practice. So I was trained as a life coach and my passion is really to help moms who need a break find time and energy to care for themselves as they're caring for others. I love that so much. I wanted to ask, can you just take a step back and tell us a little bit more about how you define self-care and what your journey was getting into that specific focus and your career journey? Absolutely. Um, I think at its core, at its very simplest, self-care is things that require effort that are good for you. And I think it really has been painted lately as, you know, bubble baths and manicures and pedicures and having a glass of wine on a Wednesday. But it is really anything, anything that is going to be good for you, your mind, body, spirit, Mm -hmm. emotional health. Um, So I know that's quite broad, but I really like that definition because I think it is very individual to each person. What helps them come alive and what helps to nourish who they are. Yeah. And did you have um, a story of your own that led you into your interest in this topic or your journey into coaching? Mm, That's a great question. Let's see. I got married when I was 25 and became a mom when I was 26 and Mm -hmm. kind of had had this fledgling career in the arts that I laid aside because I really wanted to be the full-time caretaker of our son. And as you know, it's both the greatest privilege and, you know, one of the most important roles that you'll ever play. But um, I think there were things about being a stay-at-home mom that felt very bleak at times and unprestigious. Mm -hmm. And I hated answering the question like, so what do you do? But in that space, I think what I realized what really made me come alive was spending time with friends and building deep relationships with other women. And as I made time for that, I just found yeah, this is just what I love doing. And there was no sense of like, oh, this is going to be a career or a profession or anything. But when I came to a crossroads in my career, I looked at my background in art administration and just thought, I'm no longer interested in doing that. The trade-off with childcare and logistics and mm-hmm. commuting don't seem to be worth it anymore. And what God have you made me to do? And there was really a long period of not knowing and feeling quite angsty about it. But I talked to a friend, a a mom from my church who is a little bit older and a little bit further along in her career and parenting path. And she just mentioned at the very end of our conversation that she was going to be trained as a life coach by a former colleague who started a Christian coaching school. And it was like a huge light bulb went off in my head. I was like, what is that? I really want to know more. Mm -hmm. And the more I learned about coaching, that it is drawing out of another person what God has already put into them, that it's about asking Mm -hmm. 
deep questions and creating a safe space for someone to share their heart and talk about where they want to go and how to get there. I realized that all these these skills and passions that I thought were just good for uh, ministry or for friendship or community building could actually have this really specific application. I've been so interested to follow you on Instagram and glean from you the, the things that you both teach and probably learn, I'm assuming, in your relationships with women who come to you for help in this area. And I would love to know a little bit about what is the process that you go through to help women establish healthy self-care? Where do you start? That's a great question. I use a tool called the Wheel of Life. And if you Google it, you can find multiple versions. And it just helps women to kind of sit down and reflect on multiple areas of life. They think about family life, career, spiritual community, physical stewardship, social stewardship. And it gives them a chance to think really broadly about what are my levels of satisfaction or dissatisfaction in each area. And we just use that as a jumping off point for talking about their life and their struggles and their joys. And then most often women will come to me and have a specific area that is really pressing on their heart. And as a Christian, I believe that God's already working in them. And so the coaching is just kind of moving in sync with whatever God's doing. So often it's just through curiosity and listening and asking good questions that um, I get to hear what their heart is and figure out what the starting point is with them. I love that so much. And Krista, I have a question for you. I noticed on your Insta story recently, you were talking about just how a lot of moms feel like they should have this figured out on their own. And can you speak to that mom that may be listening, beating herself up that, you know, the idea of self-care or getting in a rhythm or knowing what's working and what's not working, that she's just struggling to figure that out on her own? Oh, absolutely. I think as moms, we live with so many shoulds in our minds, either from society or social media or the way our mom did it or the way our peers are doing it. And it is normal and human to not have it figured out. It's totally normal and human to have days that you are snapping at your kids and coming to the end of yourself. And I think true self-care isn't you know, about achieving perfection, but really thinking about what is going to help me in my phase of life in the way that God has built me to get replenished and to get recharged to be able to do the things that I know he's called me to. So Chris, um, one thing I love is you talked recently about this concept of slaying the dragon and just for mamas as they're starting to kind of figure out what direction they want to go and how to gain some traction. Um, can you speak to that? Oh, definitely. Um, and actually, the phrase is actually eat a frog. <laughs> and it comes from this Mark Twain quote that um, I had to look it up, but it's eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. And the <laughs> idea behind that is uh, not that you have to go find an amphibian to eat, but um, that you identify what is the thing that I least want to do today, but that I actually really need to do for my own good or for my family's mm -hmm. good. And you just do it first thing, um, kind of like mm -hmm. as soon as you can, before you get the chance to procrastinate, before you get the chance to get distracted. Um, and I think it's very helpful because it just helps you to be proactive from the beginning of your day instead of kind of sliding into the day and um, getting into a place where really pushing something off. So good. I love it. 
Yeah, I find that I do that kind of instinctively when I am preparing for the day. I make a list of everything that needs to be done. And I usually put the biggest things highest on the list because like this is going to take the most energy and I have the most focus first thing in the morning. Yeah. So I I resonate with that. Yeah. And see, I think the opposite. It's something I definitely struggle with. And so I really found that helpful. Just kind of putting that wind in your sails at the beginning of the day. Like, I got this. Okay. Yes. (laughs) You feel so good that you got that one big thing checked off. Yes. And I don't know if you've heard that we have a limited amount of willpower and so as the day goes on, right, we, our willpower is drained. And so our ability to really do hard things uh, wanes as the day goes on. Mm-hmm. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. It makes me think of, I've heard the image of you've got like a vase and you add the big rocks, the most important things yes. and then everything else kind of filters in. And I know I can be guilty of just kind of going about my day. And then by the end of the day, that big rock hasn't gotten in and I'm tired. So that's so true. So I would love to know if you have someone in your life that has demonstrated self-care for you in a way that really either made sense or made something click um, or has given you ideas about how you can better care for yourself. Mm. I think only in retrospect, I definitely did not classify this as self-care at the time, but my parents both Mm -hmm. have very regular self-care practices that they've been practicing for decades and they're quite different from Mm -hmm. one another. But my mom, I just remember waking up early, early in the dark in high school and coming out of my room and she would always be in her study with her Bible and she studied Greek in college. And so um, her morning times of prayer would often involve translating scripture from Greek and prayer and she would just always be there. And I, I see now, yeah, she took that time before any of us were up to connect to the one who brings her life and get centered before her day. Mm -hmm. And my dad is a member of the Y and has been for as long as I can remember. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I know when stress builds up for him, it is super duper important that he gets in his workout. Otherwise, he is crabby, <laughs> but with it, he's able to re- to maintain sharp focus and he's a very successful person. Mm-hmm. I know it's because he makes time for that. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, I feel like this is an area of my life that I struggle with. Self-care is a term that has always kind of bothered me and I would not have been able to explain why until I've been investigating it recently. And I think I have bristled at the term self-care because I'm not good at it and because (laughs) it's just something that I don't feel it has been modeled for me in closer relationships or women that I have looked to. You know, as you mature and just grow into your adult life, it's kind of like you see people around you and what they're doing. And I've just been surrounded by so many people who are achievers and, and they work super hard and they're awesome, excellent people. But I know that in my circle of, of people, it's been kind of, there's a lot of us who really are struggling with this concept. Even if we see the wisdom in obviously caring for yourself and living as a wholehearted mom is, is a wonderful thing, but it's a little bit counterintuitive to um, create space in a really busy season of our lives where our children need so much from us to do this. And I'm just really thankful for you and for the other influences that have kind of come into my field of view these last few months uh, to just help bring my awareness to the need for self-care, that it's not a bad word, <laughs> that it's not <laughs> a selfishly motivated endeavor. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about 
how a mom who is in total burnout or who does not have a healthy routine for self-care, how can I get started in a new direction? Oh, that's a great question. It makes me curious about you specifically. What kinds of things fill you up? Well, this podcast is one of them and doing what I do with Kindred Mom, I love doing creative things. And so if we're talking about creative things as a self-care measure, I'm probably doing good with that. But I also know that there are a lot of other areas of life that um, just, they kind of get neglected just because it's, it's hard to prioritize things, first of all, that maybe are about caring for yourself, but kind of take a time investment or a financial investment, or I don't know, I think moms very regularly, and this is very true for me, I've had six babies and I've been pregnant or nursing really for almost 12 years. And so I just am very accustomed to putting my own needs at the end of the line and sometimes not even recognizing what those needs are. I think it's so commendable that you know that this podcast and the Kindred Mom blog bring you life because I see you being so invested and so consistent in that. So I think that's beautiful and a beautiful start. I think just to speak to the mom in general who's feeling super burned out and not sure where to get started, I would just recommend starting super duper small with a baby Mm -hmm. step. And that baby step is going to look different from person to person, but I um, would encourage her to look for something that's small and achievable, but it's going to make a difference that she can do every day that has like a really low barrier to get started. Like maybe you Mm -hmm. pour yourself a glass of water at night and stick it on your dining table for the, the next morning or Maybe you take um, five minutes before you go to bed to think about what's going to help you have a better morning the next morning. I've talked to lots of moms recently who talk about how they really want to be more connected and they want to have more friends, but social media is just so easy and kind of gives the illusion of connecting with people. And I mean, we, we do connect with folks, but how that's not been satisfying. So maybe it's just swapping out, scrolling Facebook for a while to stop in call a friend or send her a text. Those are such practical tips. And, you know, I think so often I think of self-care, I do think about kind of the more, you know, healthy eating, working out. That's what my mind has gone to sleep. Um, But one thing I've noticed is you have talked recently about fashion and my friends know, I always joke that life's too short not to have a good pair of jeans. (laughs) I'm like in between sizes. I've had two babies. I'm like, go to Valley Village and get a pair of pants that fit because I don't want to be in maternity and I'm not going to pressure myself to be in my old jeans. And, you know, just giving grace in that way has been a way that I've um, given myself self-care. But can you talk to us a little bit about your fashion journey recently with that? Oh, sure. It's a, it's so, it's so fun. It's not something I was anticipating for this year at all. But um, as I've transitioned into this new role of being a self-care coach and realizing, oh my goodness, like I'm now a professional and I'm a resource for other women and for other moms. And I'm meeting new people and introducing myself as such. I realized, gosh, I don't feel like the way that I'm presenting myself to the world is matching this new role in this new part of my calling. So um, I didn't know what to do. I just was like, well, I can't just throw on a blazer (laughs) and call it good. Um, But I found this woman who does a a style school. Her name is Stacia Savasic and she runs this thing called Stacia Style School. And her big thing is inside out congruency. So you examine who am I, not 
what are my roles and what are my responsibilities, but who am I? What kind of person am I? And how do I let that be expressed through my clothing choices and my style choices? So I got to do that school and it was a very liberating thing to realize like, oh, I'm like kind of sparkly. I'm kind of artsy. I'm kind of, um, I, or I'm loved. I know for sure I'm loved. And there are certain ways that when I put something on, I feel more of those things. And um, those things are always true of me, but what I put on kind of helps me remember them. I love that so much. I know for me, I notice if I'm not wearing earrings, I'm not giving good self-care. There can just be those (laughs) little things. I know it's silly, but I've always like, since I've been a child, I've loved accessories and I connected with my grandma in that way. And so it's just something really special to me. And I notice if I'm just in mom world and not taking that time or even just getting dressed for the day, there's something about, I think sometimes the way we put ourselves together that it's from that inside out that it projects. I was just going to say in the arena of fashion choices and style, this is something that has been kind of a challenge for me because we have been through a lot of growth since I first married my husband. And then of course, the growth of our family from zero to six children. (laughs) And I have found the changes of my body every you know, every year my body is different than the year previous that I've kind of just gone with whatever I have that fits. That's not, it's not intentionally chosen. It's not necessarily something that I like. It's just what I have that fits that is going to do the job. And so I just kind of love this conversation as far as maybe choosing some things about your style that really do just help you feel confident, help you feel just ready for whatever you have on your list that day that, I mean, I, I sure love my yoga pants and my <laughs> my comfy clothes. Um, <laughs> I would love to just ask for some quick tips in this area for someone who's just getting started. Well, I, I love what Sarah was saying that life is too short. What was it for to not wear good jeans or something like that? And a, yep, cute pair of jeans. <laughs> yes, a cute pair of jeans. And so I think, and I love that what you did is instead of trying to fit into your old jeans or to continue to wear maternity jeans that you went and got something that fits you right now. And so maybe that would be one tip. If there's something that just doesn't fit you, but you wear it all the time, find something that fits. (laughs) I think sometimes when our clothes are Mm -hmm. ill-fitting, we don't end up dissatisfied with the clothes, but we end up dissatisfied with our bodies and our bodies are just they're changing and they're beautiful and they were created intentionally. So maybe that would be my first tip is to replace something that you wear all the time that just doesn't fit with something that fits you. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so practical and freeing. And then toss the thing that did not and don't keep holding on to oh, it as a security blanket. Totally. You don't need it. <laughs> well, what is something that you wish women knew about establishing a healthy self-care routine in their lives? I wish that women knew It doesn't have to cost a lot of money and that, yeah, sometimes it's just the simplest things like going for a walk, connecting with friends, getting downtime, saying no to something so you have some white space in your calendar. I talked Mm -hmm. to a mops group this fall and a mom was asking like, you know, I am all for the idea of self-care. She had just also had a baby. I think her third baby. She's like, I'm all for the idea of self-care, but like, how do you recommend dealing with the on-ramp? Like if I leave for the weekend, it's so much work to prepare for that and so much work when I come home and my kids are all clingy, et cetera. 
And I just realized, oh my gosh, I hope that our idea of self-care is not all these elaborate weekends away that we have to spend days in preparation for. So long story short, I I wish women knew that self-care can be simple. It can be free. It can be a totally everyday thing that you work into your daily rhythm. Mm -hmm. So practical. And on that note, just walk us through a little bit in your day-to-day reality, Carissa. What does it look like for Carissa to have self-care? Maybe just some practical tips that women could take away and just kind of painting a picture of how really simple, all that these ideas, the water, I love some of those, just, I know I'm in the trenches with really little kids. So just taking away those little pearls of wisdom are super helpful. I, okay. Some really key parts of my own self-care are building in enough time to get ready in the morning for myself and for my kids because it stresses mm-hmm. me out so much to be rushing. So I have multiple alarms on my phone for my wake up time, for their wake up time, for our wrapping up breakfast time, for our getting out the door time. Um, so that's not going to work for everybody. But for me, it's very freeing because it helps me just to know what I should be doing at any given moment so I don't have to feel rushed and we don't have to be running down the hill to school. And then walking for me is very pleasurable, but kind of similar to that idea of eating a frog in the morning. As soon as my kids are dropped off, I go for a walk by myself. There's a beautiful wooded area um, in our neighborhood that I take that time. I can pray. I can be alone. A lot of my best ideas come to me in that time. Um, And kind of building self-care into the things that you already have to do. Like I have to bring my kids to school every day. Um, It has been something that's really helped me. You already have some momentum towards something. So you can add on that extra thing that's going to really help you in that time. And I found even in the time that my kids were in school and I was home with them most of the day or all of the day, making that walk a priority and just getting out the door, even if it took until 1030 and multiple diaper changes and milk spills, et cetera, getting us all out the door. Even if we walked two blocks, it did wonders for my mood and my ability to just Mm -hmm. have some uh, clear headed time. Yeah. And then I just make a priority to either spend time with friends or call them. I love Instagram so much, but I totally find that when I'm on it too much, I have a a disconnected, you know, dissatisfied feeling. So when I get that, I be, I'm sure to reach mm-hmm. out to, to friends as well as just really being careful about what gets on my calendar. So we're just committed to a few things really deeply right now in this season. Mm, that's really wonderful. A lot of really great practical ideas and tips. And I so appreciate you sharing from your experience. And um, I would love to know if you can share where it is people can find you online. Absolutely. My coaching website is braveselfcare.com, all one word. And I'm on Instagram, as I mentioned, also Brave Self Care. And I'm also on Facebook. Awesome. Well, I hope people will go and check out the other resources you have there or maybe call you up for some coaching. That would be lovely. I would totally welcome that. Thanks, Chris. I look forward to your Insta stories every day. So definitely check Chris out on Instagram because she always has little pearls of wisdom you can gather. These conversations about self-care really only scratch the surface of the topic. As I have spent the past several months considering my own relationship with self-care, I continue to discover new things. One of the most important personal discoveries I've made is that I didn't realize that the depletion, exhaustion, and overwhelm I've experienced as a mother are not signs that I'm inadequate. 
They are not indicators that I am not fit for this important job. Most often, I think these are signs that I have forgotten, that I am not a machine that feeds, clothes, and cleans up after children. Mama, you are not required to be superhuman. Motherhood may challenge you in uncomfortable ways, but it need not break you. Thriving is a product of stewardship-minded self-care and taking charge of your priorities, identifying what is life-giving and restorative, as well as the tasks that, even though they may not be fun, are an investment that will help you and your family flourish. Some self-care is about creating space and simplifying your life, and some of it is about making a strategic move forward, one small step that is an investment in your overall well-being. My prayer is that this would be a year that you find your way to a place of deep, sustainable flourishing, that you would not wish to escape the life you currently have, that you would not feel buried under the crushing burdens of motherhood, but that you would find freedom and rest in the process. Self-care is not about selfishness, indulgence, or momentary escape from our lives. It's about discerning honestly where we're at, and if we're not flourishing, if we're not thriving, it's about learning how to take responsibility for how we move forward. I also want to tell you, self-care is not a puzzle. We don't have the luxury of looking at a glossy picture on the front of a box to reference while we're assembling the perfect, balanced, productive life. Pieces that make up our self-care habits don't always fit together with a satisfying snap together of two edges that are clearly meant for each other. Just as motherhood is messy, the journey toward valuing and caring for ourselves is going to be a little messy as well. Like Carissa said, self-care is not about perfection. It's about creating a roadmap for replenishing restorative habits that serve us well. This podcast is part of a whole series we're doing on Kindred Mom this month. I hope you'll take the time to head over to the series homepage and subscribe to our email list because soon I will be sending out a printable self-care plan to help guide you through figuring out what it might look like to take some steps forward in this area. I'll also send you resources associated with this series and links to the various essays we're featuring on the blog throughout this month. As I send you off to think more about self-care as it relates to you, I want to leave you with these words from Matthew 11:28 through 30. I find this so comforting as a weary mom that God does not expect us to shoulder the heavy burden of motherhood on our own. He says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.